0: welcome to ctn cio talk network with your host sun joe gall all comments views and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host guests and callers now here's sun joe gall
1: Hello and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. And the topic for today is Steps to Making Security Forethought. And our guests are Bharat Soni, who is the Chief Information Security Officer with Guarantee Trust Bank. Hey, Bharat, how are you?
2: I'm fine, Sanjay. How are you? Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon to you. Good morning to you. I'm from Chicago. You're from Nigeria. So that's one of the yes? So so life is good. Good morning to you. (laughs) All right, great, and we also have Robert Jamieson, who's the Chief Information Officer, uh, Chief Information Security Officer with Valencrode Pharmaceutics. Hi, Robert, how are you?
3: Uh, good morning to you. I'm over on the uh, East Coast.
1: All right, so we've got uh, three different time zones talking here, which is awesome. And uh, the topic, the reason we picked it up, it's it comes, it actually stems from this challenge a constant challenge that I hear from top security leaders from around the globe that while it's important there are some situations we have all seen and heard in media about people losing jobs because there were some breaches or revenue was lost or credibility was lost but at the same time there is an internal battle for the security leaders to be able to make a case for everyone to think about security as a forethought. We wanted to see why is this happening, why is this still a chronic issue and what is possible for us to turn this problem into something which is a thing of the past and we don't have to worry about it. So that said, Bharat, I'll start with you. Sure. We know that uh, we have this challenge but what is the current perception? And the perceived importance of security in the minds of business stakeholders and users.
2: Okay, so uh, I would say that uh, I was expecting this question, but not uh, so quick. <laughs> so I will start with the uh, with the thought process that you know what happens in joke these days, like uh, as technology evolves. So the the evolution of technology also comes with the challenges and it's provides opportunities. To, to, to do more business around it. Business nowadays are techni- technology driven businesses. They want quick and agile solution. So during that business, like uh, I, I believe more, more more or less the business users are thinking through that, okay, we want this solution because that's a target attached uh, to it. The business from the target re- or the revenue generation thing, now the perception about security is somewhere. I believe was lagging behind. May I will not say in my own scenario, but I have seen like few years back till few years back. What I have faced is the perception of security was not in the in the in the front row. Now the business of security is now shifting from that the mindset of the business users are shifting that security is not protecting companies or the organization just from the risk, but security is also been considered as a source of new competitive advantage you know uh, i will give you my own example i am from a financial sector i am from a bank so in my bank gt bank the security is been taken very seriously from top to bottom and i will say that it's not uh, something which comes uh, overnight into the business users mind it's it's a process which we have gone through everyone has gone through because if uh, for example, in the financial sector, if there is a breach or there is a financial fraud, it's not only the loss of money, it comes with branding risk, it comes with losing our customers. On top of it, there will be some regulatory risk around it. So uh, for me, the business uh, mindset uh, is changing around security. But security, the, the, the old saying that security is not my responsibility, is not changing to that security is everyone's responsibility. And it covers the whole aspect of the business, uh, business people at all. Uh, When I say this thing, I will give one example of my own self that this is not just a a talk through around this thing. Uh, Few, like uh, when I started my journey with GT Bank five years back, we started through the journey around like uh, getting awareness, getting security, how it can imbibe into the business and the culture into it. Sooner or lesser, I started seeing the impact of this thing. Uh, just for the sake of example, one of my senior management uh, guy received an email, a spoofed or a phishing email stating that I'm the MD of the company and kindly initiate the transaction. This is somewhat unusual behavior, but that transaction creates a lot of, uh, from the subject, it creates a lot of opportunity for the business. However, being an unusual behavior of the email, he immediately alert a trigger. So coming from the point that the mindset of the business stakeholders are changing, it's it's just uh, what you what you consider it as the org and any organization is as strong or powerful as it's the weakest person. For example, uh, just just one single compromise in the bank can compromise the whole network and may reduce in the fraud. So there there should be for me what I believe is uh, the business stakeholders mindset has been changing. Because of the current business requirement, the demands, we need to have a good handshake, handshake between the business and the customer convenience, like business needs customer convenience, and on top of it, we as a security experts need to provide proper security. Everywhere you see that's the one-click solution kind of thing, but okay. is it secure? So that's the win-win situation if that's, that's the, that has been established.
1: So, Robert, based on Bharat's response, so, so he definitely mentions a couple of good points of how someone at the business level should be staying alert or how the security leader should keep uh, pushing the agenda of making security a priority. But we've been at it for a little bit, right? I mean, we have been trying it. But we are not making the type of dent we expected. Are we, uh, is the tactic missing? Is the finesse of how the message is created missing? Where are we missing the boat? Because we are not able to really reach a desired level and for that matter I'd love for you to give your benchmark of what you would say is the right level of importance which, is, which you can somehow measure uh, and, and if you reach that level you'll be happy.
3: So so I'd like to build on the last comments the I think the current perception is that cybersecurity is a technical problem and that we just throw some technical solutions at it and we'll take care of it and so there's not the 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 understanding that fundamentally cybersecurity is not a technical problem it's a strategic problem and as we have morphed into uh more of a digital business uh and that was just brought out in the last comment, as we morph into much more of a digital business, cybersecurity is front and center. And that shift has happened in a very short period of time. So it's not in forefront in people's consciousness. And the reason it's not forefront in people's consciousness is for the most part, most people on planet Earth don't understand digital. So there's just a, a, a basic understanding of what's happening in our world and how it's happening in our world. So, so my thought here is to get it in the forefront of business stakeholders. Really, you've got to uh, change how they think about you, and you've got to do that by talking in their terminology. So the shift is really upon us, and, and we as a cybersecurity professionals tend to be far more technical in our discussions with the boards and with our senior executives than we should be. We really should be talking about the strategic objectives that they have and how. We support the, not just support those strategic objectives, but actually uh, we're able to enable those strategic objectives. Which gets into the measurement piece. You know, when you think about the measurement, it's it's uh, we have measurements that we use internally, but we've got to translate those measurements into things that make sense from a business standpoint, which usually is either top line or bottom line. Um, uh, profitability or, or efficiencies, uh, its it's got to be in terminologies that they can understand. So it's digitization means X to a business person. Digital innovation means Y to a business person. And we've got to be able to speak that language and say, look, our cybersecurity program, our strategy, not only eliminates risk for you, But it allows you to innovate. It allows you to digitize. It allows you to save money on the bottom line. And it allows you actually, as you do innovation, to get new monies on the top line that you never saw before. But we're able to do it in a secure fashion where we're not going to be... um, Attacked and lose that competitive advantage. So this is allow- enabling us to do something that maybe nobody else has ever done before, but do it in a way that, that we're structured so that we're not going to lose that ability um, as attackers try to look at our, uh, at our weaknesses. So from a measurement standpoint, uh, the measurements I use uh, with uh, our senior executives and the board is all about our maturity uh, how well we're controlling the risk and what the risks mean, and then uh, it's measuring how we're contributing to the overall organization through either bottom line or top line improvements. So how we're uh, adding a contribution, which actually significantly changes the the both the perception. By the senior leadership and the board, and makes it a perception that stays in place it, you don't lose that perception, but it changes the conversation so they welcome your presence and they welcome your uh, contribution to the organization.
1: So, what what you mentioned, Robert, is you go ahead and change the 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 verbiage, if you will, the vocabulary you're using to talk to the business, and and taking that. Uh, as uh, as a baseline, Bharat, I would like to ask you, when you are talking, yes, you will, you can claim that, yes, we will be able to use simpler language to explain how security is important. But if I sit in a uh, CEO's shoes or anyone who is on the revenue side or business side, they may only see security as something which is slowing them down. How do you get someone over that? Because they want to drive a Ferrari. And you're trying to apply brakes. So, Nobody uh, likes that.
3: Yeah. So,
1: so, But again, it gets into that. Uh, it,
3: it's how, you, how we say things. So typically, cybersecurity is the office of the no. And uh, the shift is we have to be the office of yes, and here's how. And that's really so uh, when our CEO is looking for digital innovation, he's looking for it quick. Um, the, the, the shift with him is don't select the solution. you know. Let us be engaged in the solution set. You tell us what the requirements are. You tell us what, where you want to go. You tell us how fast you want to go. You tell us the things that you want to accomplish. We'll work on those details. So instead of having the CEO say, hey, look, I want you to get the uh, AWS uh, XYZ uh, solution or I want you to do something similar to that, um, in uh, a particular uh, SaaS uh, application, instead of that, you change the change the dialogue to say, "What do you want to accomplish?" And oh, by the way, I'm the guy. I and the CIO, the combination of us, we're the guys, gals, who can accomplish that for you. But accomplish it in a way that minimizes your risk, maximizes the protection of your intellectual property, maximizes your competitive advantage. And that allows them to drive the Ferrari, but they drive the Ferrari that's got our safety features uh, embedded inside of it.
2: So, so Bharat,
1: uh, yeah, go
2: ahead. Just to add, just to add what uh, just Robert mentioned here is, you know, this is a little bit, uh, for me, it's a bit uh, tough question, I would tell you, because, you know, when business wants, to, as you mentioned, the business wants to drive a Ferrari and you want to apply the brakes, it should be, as I mentioned earlier, it should be a win-win situation for both that there's the that's the threshold on which you will apply the brakes. Now uh, let me give you let me give you the, the thing like when we talk business, uh, when we talk to business, we talk in numbers. okay, fine. Now, from a risk perspective, or a security expert, if the business wants to continue in 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 an initiative which can generate a revenue of maybe, for example, one million dollars, if we are not looking into this risk, the loss can be one million dollar or with this loss till the time we we actually we eventually realize there is a loss or there is a fraud happening. Because the scenarios with me and Robert may be different because I am into financial sector. So my losses can be calculated quickly that this is, a, this, is, this is the loss which is going on. So now when I speak to business, the, the, the efforts are always in talking to the same language kind of thing. I will talk on numbers that okay these are the probable cause and which can which 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 should be uh, you know uh, realized and should be remediated now otherwise we'll see a bitter taste of uh, the driving of a ferrari at the end road so that's how like for example i will just just an example uh, for example if i say uh, implement uh, what do you call it, data leakage and prevention solution now it may not because I am I'm, I'm just talking from a security perspective. I will say we need to implement it, and then this is the cost. For example, however, the business, as you rightly mentioned, that they will say, okay, I'm, in, I'm talking in numbers, and this is something situational based thing. Now, based on the past experience, if I have any, or based on the current global practices, like for example, if there is a data leakage fraud happen or somewhere in the world, now when I assess it, I will say that, okay, if the data leakage happens, a typical cost of uh, preventing the post-facto uh, this thing will be somewhere in the range of $10 to maybe $90. That conversation starts from that particular point will eventually end up in some, some, some uh, better solution for the organization. That's what I, I would tell you that.
1: So let's take a quick break, listeners, we'll be right back, and let's talk about the language we will use. So yeah, you you both gave some examples, but should we always front end with the possible losses that you may incur, and that's what you're telling to your business, if you don't heed our advice and you don't think about security? Or should we be talking about the possibility of generating revenue, which you may or may not be able to impact as working in security? But at the same time, you don't want to come across as the messenger of doom every time you talk. How do you prevent you you always to come across as someone who's going to be a messenger of doom so that they cringe even talking to you? And you create a positive spin, which essentially will make you their best friend, and that's when they will start listening. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. And this question, please, Robert, you take it when we come back.
4: Visit today.
0: Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sanjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOtalknetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Robert, we don't want CISOs to come across as the messengers
1: of doom. What's the other way of handling this? Well,
3: you know, before I launch into that, just on that last conversation that we had where we were talking about Ferraris and becoming brakes with Ferraris, you know, the reason that that brakes were invented were to make cars go faster. And actually, I talk about that sometimes when people say, you know, hey, you're putting a brake on this or you're slowing things down. It's really to enable people to go far faster. Um, There's a thing about FUD, and we call it uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So FUD. Um, And FUD Initially has been used or was used by our industry, and I'm talking about the cybersecurity industry uh, extensively. It's still being used, and it's a it's a sales technique where you know the sky is falling. Uh, we've just recently had a related area which is GDPR uh, with Europe, where you know the sky is falling. Uh, May 25th, which is Friday, is coming up. Are you prepared? Uh, fines will be heavy, and so on. So there's a lot of that FUD associated with it. And actually, I think that's counter to trying to get a message across and engage with people. Eventually, people really don't want to talk to you if you're always about talking about fear, and you're adding uncertainty, and you're adding doubt to people as far as uh, the ability of the organization to move forward. To me, it's, it's about flipping the conversation. So it's really about saying, the, in actuality, we can um, cause you to succeed, we can cause you to um, to not have uh, the problems that you see in the outside world. So you have a ransomware problem uh, that's alarming. You're hearing about it in the news. But our our focus, our practice is to minimize that to the greatest extent possible. And if it does happen, to attack it very, very quickly and resolve it very, very quickly. But that's just what's happening in the outside world. It's not really the big picture. And the big picture really is about establishing a system that has a strategy behind it. And, and instead of just thinking about one-offs or, or things and the symptoms of cybersecurity, it's thinking about the root causes. So, for instance, uh, phishing email. So phishing email isn't the problem, really. Uh, it's email. And it's the control of email which would be the problem. Uh, And if you look at the problem statement appropriately, then you can say, here's how we can enable the use of email inside of our organization and significantly minimize uh, the downside of attacks from people from the outside, which is, on a global uh, standpoint, is a very profitable business. So here's how we can address that particular problem. But oh, by the way, this is how we can do it and add value to our corporation. You know, if you look at our ecosystems, our ecosystems as we evolve are consistently looking for uh, uh, their partners to be more mature from a cyber standpoint. So if you're doing business with other businesses, they're looking for that type of maturity. I think everybody on the on the line right now has heard or has received uh, notifications from their email provider and other types of providers about, um, hey, we have new privacy uh, uh, standards inside of our organization to comply with GDPR. We we'll, are seeing this this push for the entire world to become more mature in the space. As you become more mature, you become more valuable to your partner and to the community at large. So that's one portion of it. You know, it, it's shifting that conversation. So we're yes, there are bad things out there. Yes, there are bad people out there. But here's what we need to do about it. So it's being proactive in the conversation about that. But then shifting to here's how we can actually create greater value. So cybersecurity has, has always been very isolated. It's just been the cybersecurity practice all by itself. And what I would suggest is inside of organizations, cybersecurity has to be far more broad. It has to be part of the service management process, the asset management process, uh, controls process, the audit process, all the different processes um, uh, that go into an organization. And, and doing that you can start looking at adding value. This is tangible value uh, to the product that you have out there. So it's it's making that shift in the conversation and say, here's some digitization we can do. We can do this digitization, and it's in a secure fashion, which eliminates a significant amount of risk that we have today from papers floating around or from from people having things in their uh, wallets or in their um, their briefcases, so we're, we're eliminating a significant amount of risk. We're doing it because we've put in multi-factor authentication, so somebody from the outside can't hack into it, so we, you know we've, we've increased it. But it has eliminated 30% of waste in the organization. That 30% of waste can be reapplied to top-line growth. Another area that uh, from a digital innovation is you've, you know, it's picking ahead. In six years, we're going to have artificial intelligence. Right now, we don't. Right now, we're 32nd uh, of the way there, but it's Moore's Law. So every every year, we're doubling uh, the capability. So six years, this is most people's expectations. We'll have artificial intelligence. If we start building our systems to that future six-year mark, but understand that today they're not there then the innovation, we could be at that innovation point where we have actually smart machines, and this is what's happening in the automotive industry. We have smart machines that we can market out inside the, uh, the ecosystem that are also secure, not hackable, not, not becoming a liability. And that conversation means that we as an organization, whatever that product happens to be, are able to do be far ahead of our competitors. And so it's thinking... The long game, uh, to and talking about the long game with the executive leadership and the board, so that you're you're looking at winning ahead of the competitors, but doing so so that you're not in a position where you're going to be damaged.
1: So Bharat, uh, yes. based on Robert's uh, response to this question, uh, what do you think that we should try to make? security of forethought in the first place means that's the ideal, right? Where everyone, everyone in the business ever thinking, oh yeah, I got to see what security is thinking. Is there a happy medium or are we going to keep chasing something which we would never achieve?
2: Okay, so to start with, I would say that uh, these days the connectivity, digitization, these are growing faster than the information on cybersecurity thing. You will see an initiative before you come with the security solutions. The the, the assets that uh, those were in old days, physically protected, are now accessible online. Cloud, emails are online, HR solutions are online, and those channels are vulnerable to disruption, and the hackers are finding new, new opportunities. For example, with the cloud, uh, uh, the bomb of the cloud, now why uh, as a hacker, they are focusing highly on the cloud environment, because that's the single point source of more information. So, you know, when, when you look into the security aspects of all these things, you need to also think that the leadership or the management is aligned with this thought process. What we are speaking should be should be their, their, their uh, primary line of thought process because the business is going over there only. So, from a security uh, forethought uh, perspective, what I would say that as a, as an inform you know information security departs, department still is struggling somewhere to uh, to maintain the relationship with the bo- board senior management team while on the other hand the links which I believe uh, I I am not saying that these links are not important but they need to build and maintain the trust relationship not only with the boards and the senior management but across the country across the organization sorry across the organization the relationship if they are not maintaining it, it, it's virtually meaningless, because security is something which is, which should be into the culture or into the blood of everyone into the organization. Bringing security to, what kind of, I would say, uh, to life and make it an integral part of the company's business practice, it's not just an overnight effort or it, it requires much more than that. For, for, for the security uh, to be, you know, uh, when, when I look into my own environment. I'm looking at uh, what, what just Robert mentioned, that the new standards uh, or new frameworks or the new regulators, uh, the regulations which are coming to, into, the, into the reality of the world now, like GDPR. Now, when we talk about, just for the sake of discussion, we talk about GDPR. So In old days, information security was only about the CIA thing, confidentiality, integrity and availability. However, my thought process on that CIA is now that we need to change this thought process. The first thought process is around data and about data, what is the usability of the data. If we define that particular essence, the usability of data and concentrate the CIA trial around this and make the management aware and the users aware that this is what needs to be looked out, I believe that, that those, those are the things which everyone will accept it, that if I'm not the authorized user or authenticated user of a data, I need not to go into that side. So security is not something which is a one-directional or a top-down or bottom-up approach. It's, it's everywhere and, uh, you know, uh, my, my, uh, my thought process around this thing is CIO's role nowadays is not no more securing the business. It's becoming more and more strategic in nature. The CIO, the role of the CIO requires to pivot the conversation both in terms of the mindset and the language from the business perspective to the security and compliance and change it to the risk uh, angle from risk strategy and management angle. Even uh, what I will conclude here is that rather than... uh, just in your previous question what you mentioned that we should not be looked at a stumbling block or the or the blockage of things like I'm, I'm going to uh, use some scary techniques to make it happen. We need to further boost, uh, go, need to understand the risk in terms of the potential effect. Competitive advantage, one of the key word I will again use is the competitive advantage to take the risk as a competitive advantage and how the business grows in revenue expansion this is something which is easily understandable by the business uh, leaders, and then this, this becomes a culture and into the organization.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back. We, we, when we come back, let's talk about the staff, the other people who are not the leaders, because what we are seeing is while the business leaders at the top may be more mature, they may understand the revenue and the growth and other things and also the potential loss. But when you come to the middle management or the staff, frankly, they are a little removed from both of those areas. And they're the ones who end up adopting or ignoring security in the way they function. And when an individual person who is supposed to create data or be a custodian of their own data doesn't really have any incentive to put that special effort to support security and make that as a forethought, then it is actually a bigger problem than dealing with the business leaders. How do we deal with it? We'll discuss more. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
0: You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome
1: back. So, Robert, business leaders could be spoken with. They would understand perhaps the growth and the losses, and they may mend their behavior and maybe come on board. But most of the time when we have tried to get adoption going, we have seen the middle management and the staff who truly don't have any incentive, to, or they're not paid to think security. And they're not, their performance uh, evaluation is not based on how securely they behaved, how much ownership they kept of their data and what they do every day. How do you tackle that problem? Because that has been pulling us down for years.
3: Yeah, so so I've, um, in my last two shops, and so this is over the last six, seven years, Uh, we've really focused in on that piece. In fact, in my last shot, we were calling it people-centric security. But but actually, what we discovered is people like to be engaged with. And by that, I mean the CISO uh, sending out notes on a frequent basis saying, here's translating, here's what's going on in the big world of cybersecurity and here's what it means to you and here's how you can be safer so there's a personal piece but the really the the, the secret that we had uh the thing that we found was we always follow those communications with a test so we'll send out a phishing email or we'll send out something that uh I like a phishing email uh, a test of the organization but here's the important part is if if people when they respond, so they have two responses. One is to forward uh, the phishing email to the security operations center that we operate, uh, or um, if they click on the email, uh, then they get a response uh, saying, hey, you've been fished. Uh, here's how you could have detected that phishing uh, email. But if they do respond and, and they forward it, we do a congratulatory note. And more importantly, if people inside the organization then detect a phishing email or they detect something, uh, anomaly out there, and they report that, this is beyond doing the test, they report that, not only do we congratulate them, so I send an email congratulating them, but I send a copy of that email to their boss's boss, and I send a copy of that email to the CEO. And usually what that generates is another congratulatory message from either the CEO or from their boss's boss, which causes people to feel good. So engagement, to me, is the real critical element when you think about uh, getting the rank and file of an organization who have really no other incentives, but getting them engaged, uh, you know, engaging with them and getting them, that thereby gets them engaged in the whole security process, thinking about it, responding to you, and actually having a conversation to you about how you, they can help improve security of the overall organization.
1: So Bharat, in your organization, given that it's financial services, I assume the individual users who are handling data, that could be a totally at a different level of sensitivity and that has to be protected far more.
4: So, yes, right.
1: so what, what, what is it that you've been able to do to incentivize an individual business user to take ownership and remain a custodian, a good custodian of the data and information that they manage?
2: Okay, so uh, it's, it's a very uh, broadened uh, question, Sanjoga would say, uh, reason being, few of the points I will cover from Robert's uh, point of view also. But before that, uh, I need to have start uh, with a philosophical thought. Like we humans are very complex in nature. We are multifaceted creatures. We have our own agenda, our own influences, faults, beliefs, priorities, and it depends on the environment where we are working sometimes we trust too much sometimes we don't trust anyone so w- one of the point which uh, robert mentioned that the people are to be personalized have a, should have a personalized touch over there because those are the weakest link into any organization technically you can do anything you can harden all the systems but one single person behind that technical hardened infrastructure is the weakest link. Like, for example, what uh, Robert just mentioned that a phishing email, a phishing compromise can lead to big disaster. So in our own environment, what uh, we usually do is uh, the same kind of approach we take. We have a full year plan. When we talk about plan, the plan is typically about awareness. We carry awareness on a monthly basis and to measure the awareness, uh, the effectiveness of the awareness, we carry out a quarterly social engineering test. Now when we talk about quarterly social engineering test, it just went into the same kind of approach by sending phishing email to targeted staff, we received response like who has clicked, who has opened, who has submitted the passwords, and all those kind of thing and then to, to, uh, to ensure that this has not been repeated. Uh, sometimes you have to take some stringent uh, controls, like we publish the compromised staff name on intranet, uh, organizational intranet uh, website. Now when people will see that, okay, these guys have compromised the details, so there are two messages coming out of it. One, I should be careful about my information security duties and I should know whom to contact in terms of any, any, any doubt for any email, apart from all the security applications we have, the, if people know where to contact, then it, re, it resolves half of the problem. And in my own experience, apart from this, uh, this, this particular thing, uh, I have seen very good results out of it, because when people are, uh, the security is in back of their, not uh, to their top priority, along with their job responsibilities, they know what, is, what security is. So this is one way of doing it. The other way what we also do is we have our uh, annual information security week, for example, in which, in which we try to not only send questionnaires to the whole staff, but we also try to put some scenario-based questions in which there is no objective uh, answer around it. It's just the case, and you have to respond in detail. So I think that this is what they think of this scenario. This is how they would have applied for it. And then, obviously, not only the names of defaulters are published, which I mentioned earlier. In this, the winner's names with glory and the gifts with the management is approved for us. They also with their pictures and everything. So it's it's a two-way, you know, the CISOs are walking on a two-edged sword one time they are been looked as a stumbling block or they are the one who are who are, who are not uh, going through the business alignment and everything on the other hand the security is also been uh, not taken too much seriously so we build uh, those uh, kind of initiatives which really involves security as important as your own business role so these two things goes hand in hand when we when we talk about awareness typically.
1: Robert, if you were to look at your own journey, I'm sure it's not been all, all successes. Are there any learnings in the process of you making security forethought? Are there areas that are chronic and you're still struggling with <laughs> yeah. in the journey?
3: Yeah, it, it, I was just thinking about this in context to the to the last comment. Um, uh, there was early on in my career, uh, I attended a Gardner conference, and during the conference, uh, uh, one of the executives for Gardner, uh, Andrew Walls, got up and was talking about education, fishing education, and he was just talking about in general. And his comments were you know, you've got three different reasons to do cybersecurity education in an organization. It's either compliance, uh, it's punitive, so it's uh, to be used as a uh, methodology, t- if people are not compliant, you know, to do something about that, or it's behavioral modification. And so when I started off in my journey, we were really looking at more of a compliance oriented uh, programs when we looked at engaging with people. Um, and uh, it, it, there was something that s- struck me with Andrew Walls in his presentation. He said, you know, if if telling people to do the right thing worked, there would be no prisons. In actuality, you know, it isn't just about telling people, it's about doing that behavioral modification, which is more than just the telling. And so the one learning I had early on in my career, uh, we had a, uh, a significant issue, cybersecurity issue, and uh, it was caused through human error. And the thing I learned from that is it's, it's, it, you have to modify behavior of people, and most people really don't understand the digital change and, and the result of that not understanding the digital change um, they, th- their behavior is based upon an analog world versus a digital world and so you've got to help them along the way you've got to engage with them you've got to um, uh, you know, when they do something wrong be in a space where they feel comfortable to tell you that they did something wrong um, and so that you can quickly fix whatever it is that they did wrong so uh, my mistake was: is we started with a compliance-driven program. We didn't leave room for people to to be engaged if they did something wrong, so they try to hide it, um, and that caused us to have a, a significant issue uh, from an external attack. And so we pivoted, and that pivot has worked out well for me. So now it's it's if somebody does something wrong, they feel extremely comfortable. That There will be nothing punitive about it, comfortable with reporting it, uh, and that allows our security operations organization to quickly isolate whatever the machine is, whatever the problem that was created, isolate it very quickly, and then from that be able to um, uh, you know, minimize the damage to the corporation, minimize the damage to, to, um, to our systems. Uh, the other thing I learned in my journey that uh, it was is how I communicate to senior executives. Uh, fundamentally, I'm a geek, just pretty much like all cybersecurity people, and it was learning to change my conversation to be a non-geek. Uh, so my conversations internally with my team are very geeky, but my conversations externally, from my CIO on up for everybody in the organization, is is about the business and about how we can help the business grow, how we can help it succeed, how we can uh, address issues that are external, that are hampering the business and and uh, causing it to succeed. And so I, I remember my first board conversation was a flop, but, but I learned from that. And, and I've got to a point now where I'm talking in metrics that, are highly understandable by the board, and they really desire to have those conversations because they can ask about things. They feel free. They feel comfortable. They feel safe to ask about things happening in my world uh, that they don't quite understand.
1: So, Bharat, like Robert mentioned about behavior change, right, and which is important. Now, the question is, you got to keep at it, keep hammering the people who you want to have change their behavior, or is it something... Uh, once you change the behavior, it's going to become permanent. Is your job ever done for those people who you want to have behave in a certain manner?
2: Uh, I would say I, I I disagree with the last point. Uh, what you just mentioned that the job is done. The job is never done. It's a continuous process. It's a continuous journey. So, so for me, when when I started my career in information security, there were many failures. Right as even Robert mentioned that you cannot just do the things uh, at the first go. You have to learn, and the learning is eventually uh, coming on a daily basis from the user's perspective, from leadership perspective. And for me, it's like uh, when we talk about uh, as a CISO, typically still the user thinks that, uh, or the business thinks that if we are looking on to the security of data, so for me, it's highly impossible. My le- One of the learning is that it's virtually impossible to protect every piece of data in any organization. What as a leader you can do is to work with business and to understand what data is critical to the enterprise, where is it residing, and the impact if that data has been compromised or lost or something happened to the data, so that you and business both will talk in the same language. This is one of the one of the learning I would say that and then uh, the other other this thing is creating the security in organization is a very strategic approach it should be integrated part of the business itself so in my uh, organization when we in, when a business initiative has been carried out information security is one of those stakeholders which has always been carried alone from the starting itself the business initiatives are will look through and then the typical advices or recommendation for the force in uh, uh, risk are being advised so that business also align themselves because we are not acting at the end but we are a, as a partner into the continuous process. The behavior obviously with this kind of initiatives and partnering things will, will always change and and I would say that. Uh, for, for example, when we mention that, is it a done job? No. The job is always, always ongoing. We need to carry out the job. There is no stoppage of this thing. So, for me, like uh, once you are, uh, once you are having, you once you align for the existing staff members, always there are people who are going out, who are coming in. So, when people are coming in, that's the time where you pitch in from a security expert uh, perspective or the leadership role which you are playing in the organization you have to ensure that the person who is coming in is aligned with the organization culture and the culture is where the security is already uh, imbibed into the Im- Im- imbibed into the blood of the organization so so for me this is something how i will look into this perspective
1: so uh, robert one last question i have for you that if you had to have a playbook To develop a culture of security and of course you strive to make it as a forethought could you do it or rather how would you do it so that it's not dependent on you so you could you could realistically leave a legacy so it continues even though you've left and somebody else comes versus every time a new leader and CISOs don't have uh, in many cases a very long tenure so you don't want to have a roller coaster for an organization for the security culture to go up and down. First of all, is it possible to make it sustainable as a forethought? And if yes, then how? What's your playbook? So
3: so I would say yes. Uh, the, the the key is and so uh, one of the presentations I just did in London uh, two weeks ago, you know, I talked about some of this and it's the structure. So it gets into having a strategy and that strategy uh, informing you to think through the people process, procedures, documentation necessary to carry out that strategy. And then from that, Um, there's a technology component. I think the technology component is the last component, so I always think of this really more from a behavioral science standpoint than necessarily a technological standpoint. So it's having all those pieces in place, so the people, the processes, the documentation, the the procedures, um, the policy documentation, getting that framework in place with people responsible for all those elements, and then getting through the change management. I think the change management is the hardest part, uh, from a legacy standpoint, you're trying to change the minds of your cybersecurity team, even more than your, your extended team, to go from a firefighter perspective to much more of a proactive perspective. And so it's putting those things in place, the institutionalizing of that new paradigm, and it's creating that paradigm shift that allows it to survive after you've left Hopefully, to go on to get a higher-paying job, doing something even greater somewhere else, versus uh, uh, leaving because there was a breach in the organization. So, so it, it's it's when you after you leave, you want that that structure so the next guy can come in, assess the structure, hopefully improve on it, but but have a structure that creates that legacy feeling that creates security as the the forethought of the business leaders. And the rank and file of the organization, and of the other people inside the cybersecurity unit. So it's that structure that that enables it.
2: Yeah, Sanjuk Bharat here. Uh, so I, I totally agree with uh, Robert over here, reasoning that uh, uh, people and processes are the key, which 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 are to be corrected at the first end. The first thing first is have the culture in place, the culture will become, uh, the, the processes will define the culture, how the culture is going to be followed, because people will always follow up on a process. If the process has been modified in such a way that information security or cyber security has been treated uh, with uh, high importance at every level, then it will go, like in, in my case, like, for example. Uh, the process uh, of security starts from the point where a staff is joining the bank. From there, there will be regular trainings, awareness session, and this not only applies to the staff because uh, we don't look into we, we only consider staffs as, uh, as, as things uh, uh, which are most important. but let me tell you we go one step forward even to coach the lower level staff who are the cleaners who are the service boys over here or girls over here those are also been teached on how to behave on information security practices just to continue this culture or the process the processes are being evolved and as robert mentioned that someone will take over from a basic or a baseline point of view what you have done that there may be modifications there may be Uh, more robust uh, implementation of things, but there is at least a baselining of how the security is to be taken care into the organization, even whether you are there or whether you're not there. That's how the organizational culture has to be modified.
1: On behalf of the show and our listeners, thanks so much Bharat and Robert for sharing your views on how organizations can start rethinking, take a step back and look at how security is viewed in the organization, work with the business leaders, and also the staff members to make sure that it becomes a forethought. Thanks so much again, folks. Thank you,
3: Sanjay. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
1: Hope you enjoyed, listeners. Uh, Please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, that's CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I'd love for you to listen to us and follow us on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart. There are a number of places where you can download the podcast and please rate us so that more people learn about us and benefit. Thank you again for listening to the segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next
0: week, take care and God bless.